a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you are going to meet on this podcast uh, would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Uh, Now, by way of introduction um, of this man, I'm actually going to talk about another man. So David Brooks is a writer. Uh, He writes for the New York Times. He's an author. He's a speaker. And a couple years ago, uh, he wrote a book called The Road to Character. And in that book, he talked about resume virtues and eulogy virtues. And the distinction that he made is that resume virtues are those that a lot of us, you know, go after early on in our lives and our careers. And there are all these things that, that basically are like sort of these sort of blue ribbon things that get us to the next job, get us, you know, to, you know, get, get the, the, the kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of a uh, house that we want, uh, the car that we want to drive. There are all these sort of badges that we accrue in sort of this first stage of life. But your eulogy virtues are those that really define you. They, they really represent more of an inner light uh, and really more of a purpose of, of life. And uh, today's guest is a eulogy guest. This is a man that I've known uh, damn near my entire life. Sorry, I just said damn on on Fanna. <laughs> Darn near my entire life. Um, and he has seen, uh, to, uh, to very appropriately quote here, because you'll hear it in a couple of seconds here, uh, a music reference, he has seen fire and rain. Uh, this is a man that I have experienced both good uh, um, and all of it mostly good, but also some bad. And just some funk over our lives of growing up from elementary school, all through high school, college, and beyond. And he has throughout been the example of a eulogy virtue man because he has seen all of the things that will end up in my eulogy someday, which he will be reading. He introduced me to Queen uh, when I was 12, Bob Dylan when I was in my 20s. And music has kind of been a metaphor for our relationship, as music has uh, been there for us and for so many people to really help define stages of life, meaning in life, uh, things that challenge us, things that celebrate us, and things that uh, give us those goosebumps when we're uh, driving in our car or going for a run. This man is also a eulogy friend in the fact that he's also not had the, um, he has not been uh, unwilling to challenge me uh, to be a better person. And uh, without going into a lot of detail, there's one specific moment in our lives where I remember him saying to me, that's not the kind of person you want to be. And I've always thought about that, and I've always remembered that. And he was right at the time, and he's right now. He's a lawyer. He's a devoted husband and father. And a friend that, as I said earlier, will literally be giving my eulogy because he's also one of the smartest guys I know. Please welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Tim Hood. Hooder, welcome to Mana. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. Well, I am so honored that you're here. As I said, you're you're literally one of my longest friends that I've ever had. And you've seen, 
you've seen me through so much uh, in life. And so, so that's actually where I want to start. I don't have the opportunity with a lot of our guests to go to dial the, the time machine all the way back, <laughs> but I can dial us back way, way, way back uh, to elementary school. And I remember growing up, uh, we both grew up in a, in a small rural community, uh, but I was a town guy and you were a farm guy. So you were my first friend uh, that lived on a farm. And so we would have sleepovers and I would sleep over at your house and, and we'd wake up way too early in the morning to go <laughs> milk some cow or something like that. But I have visions of, of being in your house and, uh, and your grandpa lived with you. That's right. And I remember your grandpa sitting in that chair with his spittoon <laughs> next to him. Um, but I also remember, and what I, where I want to start is I remember, um, the, it was almost like, it was like an American Gothic house. Your mom, your dad, your grandpa, a lot of, um, you know, kind of religious artifacts around the house, mm -hmm. Bibles, you know, pictures of Jesus on the wall. And I just want to kind of start there. What was it like growing up in, in the Hood household, specifically around faith, you know? Uh, and, and, and did you know, you know, what, when you were that young, that you were being surrounded by a very, very, I mean, your mom and dad both so devout, um, a very faith-filled upbringing did you know it at the time or did you did you recognize that kind of later in life as you look as you look back uh well i think um i, I don't think you can fully realize it until later in life i think that's the the answer to that question i think as a young person you see um you see the totems you kind of go through the rituals you experience those rituals of of in our house of you know being in church on Sundays of being present there and uh, participating in all of those you know pieces you know service Sunday school confirmation all all of those elements and obviously the 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 key um, the key dates within the you know the Christian calendar. Yeah. Um, and, and all of those pieces, uh, but in our house too, the fact that we we experienced um, uh, an evening devotion every every we were a, we were a a, a, a ritualistic <laughs> family in the sense that you know we did we had we had family dinner every night you know pretty much uh, uh, six o'clock on, on the bell and we had dinner we ate we communed that way as a family. Um, and we had the the little Lutheran devotional book that was was given out every I, you know, who knows what, every quarter or you know <laughs> you know every six months the or whatever propaganda, it was. Yeah. It, was, it was but no but it was it was you know here's the date here's the here's the lesson you read here's yeah, the yeah. you know it was all of that and here's the message you know c coming out of that um, so there was very much that ritualistic aspect of faith but. You know, I just, I don't think, I, I think for some people, um, depending on what they experience in life and some of the challenges and hardships that they experience in life, you get at a younger age that, that, that sort of sense of what faith does for you. Um, but I think you, you do have to mature as a person uh, and experience life and see certain things before you do understand 
what role faith ultimately plays mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. It's just you can't really comprehend it until um, certain things happen. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I agree, and I so I, and I so admire young people who are able to have a, a more of that sort of wherewithal in the moment. So you you mentioned confirmation, and I remember because we went to the same uh, church. We we worshipped at uh, St. John's Lutheran, and I, my the only memories I have of things like confirmation was playing foosball down in the basement, you know, and having youth group and just, it was a very social thing. And I feel like, and maybe there was some brilliance from our, you know, pastors or whatever, where there was maybe some Jesus being snuck in, in between (laughs) the the heated battles of foosball. But, but I, but my memories of growing up around church and faith were much more social than anything Mm -hmm. very spiritual, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's true, and I think that's uh, I think that's one of the things that we were blessed with, and is the sense of community in our faith, and that that's what really that's in a lot of ways that's what was trying to be built, and I think that's one of the things that we, um, and at least that I see too, is and it's always been important is that sense of you know it's like walking into that church, and one of the things that we are, that so many of us are missing now, in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, is that sense of community within our faith and how we sort of come across that and how we're able to develop that. And I, I see that um, my daughter is, a, is in confirmation in our, in our church in uh, Minneapolis, and she's, she's 13, she's in eighth grade, and they do, um, you know, I'm just I'm so happy at, at, at w- with the job that they do of trying to bring these young people together in this time to still try to create, to, to go through the confirmation process and still try to create that sense of community, and yeah. which is really so fundamental to faith because you know, faith, is, faith is individualistic, but it's, I, you know, I have to think that it, it, when, you fee, when you don't feel a part of community, it's that much harder. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. It, it is hard to connect mm-hmm. with, with faith that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, um, I want to get into kind of as, as your faith kind of developed, getting into later stages of life. But, I, but before we get off of, of, of kind of your upbringing and, and, and your mom and dad, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I, I just have vivid memories of being in your house and, and, you know, you mentioned six o'clock dinners and I remember, you know, your whole family being around the table and so effortlessly, you know, praying before meals. It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, you said grace every time. And, and, uh, and, uh, I just remember thinking, that's really cool. Like, it's not like a big deal. You just did it. And I specifically remember your mom being very, very, you know, kind of sort of a little bit of the quarterback of that. Who were, um, and, and now, and part of it could be just be because, you know, I know your dad, a little more, a little more quiet, a little more reserved. And so it very well could have been your dad, but who were some of the guys in your life growing up that when you look back now in those formative years, who were some of the men that, that you can remember, you know, kind of being, sort of shapers of faith back then, you know? Are, are there any that come to mind? <clears throat> well, um, you know, I think it does have to start, I think it does start with my dad. Yeah. Um, it is, and it's, I mean, this is, 
kind of the, the interesting thing, I guess, to me, as you asked me that question is he, he often chose not to participate in church with us in, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, in, in terms of going, mm-hmm. um, that it was often just my mom that would take us into church and that he would not be there every time. Um, again, those, you hit those, the big holidays. And he, you know, he certainly took his turn as, uh, you know, a, a usher and this and that. And I th- actually, I think my, my, my dad was on the church council. Um, when I was, you know, before I, when I was very, very young, before I c- could remember, but, um, it was uh, the reason I bring him up is I think that it was he had sort of a you know the, the, his his faith was I think consistent for him it was more of a uh, um, a principled approach to how the church and not the church in a big C but the church in a small C in the sense of the church that we attended mm-hmm. um, how that church presented faith and how that church was was run. Um, and that there were times where I think honestly that he didn't, um, he didn't think in his opinions that things were were the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. But that didn't affect his his faith in terms of his belief and his you know his, the foundational aspects of it. Because yeah. I would still see him, I would still see him read the Bible. I would still see him participate yeah. at home. It was more that he wasn't transferring that that aspect of it into. You know the the sort of the traditional house, yeah, right. Um, which I think is really you know, I look at that as like well, that's a really powerful kind of message because it it's it 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 tells you and it sort of instills in you that faith is not faith is something that you own personally. It's not something that is a subject of the place that you worship, the house that you worship in. Um, the people that are present in that in that place, it yeah, is something that is right. personal to yeah. you. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not an administration. Exactly, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not an they administration. Say, you know, your first yeah. church is is your home, like your first. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's that's neat. Were there any other you know as you as you then went through life, you know, through college and ever you know, are there any men since this is manna after all? Uh, <laughs> were there any other guys throughout you know your life and, and, and as you then sort of matured into where you know because you've got a great you've got a great uh, community that you live in now. In, as you mentioned, you've got you know your your daughter in confirmation. Are there are there other guys now that you're you know, building relationship with that are just kind of setting a good example of like, you know, that's, that's just, that's, you know, I mean, and obviously you're doing that for them as well, but who, who are those guys now? Yeah, I, that's, um, I do like to think that I surround myself with people that are, uh, um, are people of faith and I will not, um, I will not embarrass you too much <laughs> in terms of saying that, 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 that men and peers that are, foundations of my own faith of the people that have been closest to me for my entire life, yourself included. I mean, and that is, I mean, that's a big part of it is that you see, you know, each of us is our own sort of beacon to each other um, that way. But it, it, I've been blessed in terms of being able to develop relationships uh, that are not based in the church mm-hmm. and that are not based in faith, you know, that are based in, in, our own communities or based in our, our, our children's activities and schools where you find out and you sort of develop um, 
a rapport and a relationship with people where you find out that they're, uh, you know, their Christian faith and their beliefs and how they lead your life is, is, um, you know, just sort of aligns with yourself. Um, and not just in the sense of it is a pure alignment, but it does, like you say, it's, it's, it challenges you to think differently, Mm -hmm. um, at times or to think more critically of your own views. Uh, and in doing so, you sort of, you know, all of those pieces sort of cure the cement so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. Yeah. And there's so much too of, and I've, I've used this quote so much for folks uh, that have listened to Mana. So basically all of our friends and relatives, you've heard me <laughs> quote this, but one of my favorite, you know, I don't even know if it's a, a, a aphorism or, uh, or, or uh, adage, but you know, for a lot of people, you're the only Bible that they're ever going to read. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you and so many of our friends, you know, regardless of their faith tradition, like, you know, every Sunday or whatever, the way they live is is how they, whether they know it or not, that's how they're evangelizing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the example that they're setting for their, their kids and their peers. And um, I don't know, I just, I feel like that's the power. It's like, you know, um, the Holy Spirit's going to get out no matter what, you know, it's going to get, it's, it's, it's like, it's like air that, 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 that finds its way through a cracked window. Like it's going to get in, you know, and you just, the way you live uh, is, is a, a manifestation of that. So speaking of that, I, I do, the next question I want, I kind of want to get into, and this is a, a little bit unique that, that we've known each other for so long and we've had so many experiences um, that we've shared throughout every stage of life. You know, we, with the exception of like, probably today, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about faith, like specifically about faith. And I'm just wondering, you know, as you, you know, you grew up with such a strong foundation, um, you're a very self-aware and conscientious person, but have there been any, as you look back now on your, you're even older than I am, as your low (laughs) 50 plus years, have there been, have there been moments as you look back where you feel like your faith has been either highly amplified you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, I am like firing on all pistons or a little bit more, a little darker, you know? I mean, it's never not been there, but have there been any highs and lows that, that, that come to mind? Um, you know, I wish I could, uh, uh, I wish I could, um, identify something on either end of that spectrum, uh, that is very explicit. I think, um, I, th- I think on the on the, on the low side, and I don't know that this is necessarily a, a low, but this may be sort of m- me, kind of uh, uh, trying to trying to trying to deal with a, la- <laughs> a lack of involvement with faith at some certain point. <laughs> but it is, you know, there there, you know, I certainly went through a period in my life in my twenties, I would think for sure, yeah, uh, where. Where faith and the gospel and the, the the spoken, you know, the sort of the continuously, the outwardly spoken tenets of Christianity um, were not sort of every day yeah, right, for me. Right. And, you know, just sort of more living my life for me as opposed to living my life in the context of faith and what um, 
what my Christian ideals were telling me to do. I'm not saying that I was. I'm not saying, boy, I was a horrible, nasty person. <laughs> exactly. that, 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 Running that drugs. Was, you know? that, was, that was not it. But, you know, it's just not, it just, just a period of time in your life where it's just, or in my life where it was not, it wasn't something that I thought about. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I considered on a regular basis. And it, and it, it was all, and when it was, it was something that was brought in by, um, some other event. And mm-hmm. I think about, and, and uh, honestly, I think about like, uh, when I say other event, I mean, things like your wedding, mm-hmm. things like weddings of other friends of ours yeah. or the birth of tr- these, these really, really important, moments in life that in in terms of uh, their success mm-hmm. and their celebration there's an element of faith that's foundational to to those pieces yep. yeah um so you know that's a that is I'll I'll say that my 20s were a period of life where that was that was not sort of front burner. It wasn't right there mm-hmm. on the dashboard yeah. for me to see in, in kind of an everyday yeah. uh, way. You know? Which I think I, is normal. I think it's normal. And, you know, when you mention uh, weddings, uh, I am reminded, and one of the coolest things that that you and Shannon did. Um, so for Mana listeners, uh, and actually this is, I think, a unique aspect of, of you now uh, as a Mana guest. I think you're the first Mana guest that we've had. Uh, who has um, the unique distinction of, I don't know if it was technically eloping, but you basically got married before any of us knew about it. And all of a sudden we heard that, oh my gosh, Tim and Shannon are married. And so we're all like sitting here going, what the heck? When's the wedding? But the point of me bringing it up is not to put you on the spot for that. But the fact that you then came back home and a couple months later or whatever it was, you, you had a ceremony. You had a ceremony in a church for, you know, and whether it was for your parents or for friends or whatever, but what, what, as a, as a, as a, I don't want to call myself an outsider, but as a, as a, whatever, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm orbiting, at least I'm, I'm an inner planet orbiter of your (laughs) life, but you know, but still not, you know, what I loved about that is that you acknowledged that you wanted others to experience that, 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 that sacrament of marriage. You wanted other, even though it had already been done, like, yep, technically check the box, we're married, but you guys came back and, and you hosted this event mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a celebration of what you and Shannon were doing. And I just thought that was wonderful. I actually feel like from all of the weddings that I've been to, I remember that one, you know, even more because of the extra effort. It, it was like you guys took an extra lap around the track, you know, to, to make sure that people could participate in this great, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, kind of bond. And what, like, what was going through your guys' thoughts at the time? I mean, was it that deep or was it just like, ah, oh, well, you know, I guess we better get everybody together. I mean, what, what were you guys thinking about? <laughs> well, uh, no, I, it, it was, um, it was important. We did decide, uh, and 
you know, you, you haven't disclosed to the your listeners that we, we did. We got we got married in Vegas. So we'll say that. <laughs> we'll, we'll say we'll say that out loud. No, it was just it was one of those it was one of those things where we looked at each other after a few months of planning our wedding. I was like, oh my god, this is so uh, overwhelming, and I'm not sure that this is this just doesn't fit for us. So, we, you know. We we did that and uh, so we, Elvis did. El, no, it was not Elvis. It was a retired Methodist. So uh, I'll say I'll say that. But it was no. It was, the the point was um, we did want to do something, and it was important. And we did we we felt um, uh, you know we, we felt attached to our faith, and we felt attached to the church that we were. Uh, attending uh, where we lived at, at that time and we wanted to have something where where people could could come and as you say sort of you know acknowledge that sacrament and and not renew those vowel vowels yes we renewed the vowels <laughs> yeah, we all of them and A-I-O and you yeah, all exactly. of them every single one um, <laughs> renew those vows but um, it was you know it was it was a chance to um, for us to sort of make those statements, make those confirmations in front of the people that mm-hmm. that were most important to us, and we yeah. could have. And I don't mean to diminish the, the the church part of it, but your your point is well taken, and that it was more about. Um, it, it felt more about the people uh, that we shared that with, and that was important to do. Yeah. Um, Oh, it was great. I loved it. And I would have been very upset if I never had it. <laughs> so just to go on record. So. There we go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we are at the uh, the fun segment of the show, the big show here, uh, where we ask the same three questions uh, of every guest. And uh, and so if uh, if by any chance any of our friends or relatives who are listening don't, haven't heard this before, these are the uh, questions that the guests have had in advance. Uh, whether it's been weeks in advance or a couple hours in advance, uh, they know they've had time to formulate answers to these questions. So, uh, so to all of our listeners, you should be expecting great things, and uh, especially with our today's guests uh, intellect, you should be expecting even greater things—things things that you will take away and pocket and learn from. Uh, so, uh, fun segment question number one: If Jesus. Uh, knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, what would you do with him? <laughs> uh, see, you you presume uh, you presume way too much forethought in terms of uh, these answers and thinking about it. For, for, first of all, <laughs> which is a measure of disrespect. No, no, I mean, no, 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 not 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 the least. <laughs> Part of it is like I would want. I would first of all, I would turn around and look over my shoulders like. Really? You talking to me? <laughs> you have the wrong house. You have the wrong. You have the wrong house. Absolutely, uh, absolutely nothing special in the sense of if Jesus comes to your house, why would you want to leave? Hmm. It's it's like well, come in. Let's uh, you know, grab a beer or tea or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. What does Jesus drink? <laughs> <laughs> wine, I guess. Well, you got a lot of you get a lot of water. You can turn it all into wine if you want to. And we'll go sit and we'll just go sit. Uh, it's just it's like that is a, that is a, it's a situation of yeah. what, what would you do? Well, what would you do is you'd want to talk. Yeah, you'd, you'd want to. I mean, there's a million questions that you would want to ask. I would think. Um, 
if Christ came to your house, and some of them are uh, arguably small and petty. Um, some of them are much more meaningful and larger in scope, but mm-hmm. I think it would it it would just be. What do you want to do with anybody who's close to you? Is you just want to sit and you want to have a conversation? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see where it goes. Ah, I love that. All right, fun segment question number two. Uh, if you could go to church with any other uh, guy, okay, since it's manna, uh, any other guy, uh, living or dead, famous or not, uh, you could you could have known them or not, but if you could go to church with any other guy, who would you go with? So this is um, this may uh, certainly not not famous. Uh, so this may fall in the order of the more mundane. But uh, as I think I, we may have, I may have shared with you at some point in time. Um, I have sort of an odd family tree in terms of time spectrum. My great grandfather, which for you, Jeff, probably puts your great-grandfather in sort of the early 1900s. Maybe. I don't know if you've done that math. It's far (laughs) too hard today, yes. (laughs) But my my great-grandfather fought in the Union Army in the Civil War. Wow. Um, So, and he was a first-generation Norwegian Lutheran immigrant. Um, It's... It, it, in an odd sense, for me, it's more about having an experience. It's like, what was the faith experience? What is the faith experience of sort of your ancestors at a certain particular, you know, at, at a point in time? Yeah. And I and f- for me, it's it's him at that. Whether you want to draw, you know, we're talking on November seventh in the afternoon, which is. A certain period of time for us in our in our history, mm. um, but it, it it's it it is sort of the intersection of faith and history, uh, and what is going on in the world and in the country at that point in time, and just to to, to see what that's like. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you had. Uh, that's like old. That's old. That is. That's like. That's like. It's like super old. Totally. It is. Like, it's like. It, it is. Like it Abraham is. Lincoln. It old. is. It is crazy, <laughs> crazy old. And uh, I, you know, after we're done here, I can sort of draw it out on a chart for you. <laughs> exactly. But that. That's it. Yeah. yeah that'd people be look cool. at like. Yeah, uh, but but cool. it is. It's yeah. it's a, it's it's a convert. It, it is a, it is the it is the intersection of faith and reality yeah, yeah. at a certain point in time. Well, and I do think it'd be, I mean, nobody's ever mentioned anything that, that sort of historic, and I do think it would be just, it would literally be marvelous. Like, you would marvel at the conversation, the observations of how our faith traditions today, um, how they hold up mm-hmm. to over 100 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? And, and oh, yeah. um, well, I absolutely. think that would be really cool. You yeah. know, if he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, we did that." <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Like, what's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be kind of cool. Okay, cool. Last question. Uh, fun segment question number three. If you, um, if you could give some advice to uh, to a younger man, so think like teenager, kind of whatever, thirteen, fourteen, just kind of coming into a little bit into his own. Um, getting into things like, you know, playing foosball in the church basement and, you know, under the auspice of confirmation or whatever. But some kind of advice that you could give, uh, give a guy 
about, you know, just living comfortably in faith and, and, you know, not, not necessarily feeling like you have to be, you know, quoting scripture all the time or feeling like, you know, you got to like, you know, completely sort of commit to that. But what would be some advice that you would give to somebody to live a life like you've lived, which has been guided by faith? Um, What would that be? Uh, so I, again, I don't, I, I feel like I dwell a little bit more on the mundane here. Um, but it is, it, it you know, it, it's, it is about listening and, it, and it, mm. it's, it is just listening to others. It is listening to the inputs. It's listening to your own conscience as you develop as a person. Um, that is just, that is so important. Don't deny your own voice in terms of your faith, Mm. um, is a big part of this. Um, and you know what? Like what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you just don't, don't deny your own voice. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable with it at the moment, that's okay. Uh, it'll be there. And, you know, eventually I think you're, you know, trust your faith to guide you to the right place. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you so much, Tim Hood. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.